Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I mean, you never know what is going to happen. Every single Monday night, you put your ass down on the sofa and you put on Raw. I don't know. Damien Priest could come out as a Tyrannosaurus Rex gimmick. And you just go, well, I should have seen it coming. Because it's Monday Night Raw. And it's as if they just pull the ideas out of a hat and go, oh, that sounds good. Damien Priest, you're a dinosaur now. And that didn't happen, thankfully. But there was quite a big surprise. But we now need to decide whether to give it up or whether to give it a down. And therefore, you have tuned into the right show. Because it is ups and downs where we give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. Before we get to that too, please head over to the YouTube community page and make sure you vote for this week's retro ups and downs. And the choices that you chose were Hardcore Heaven 1999 ECW, SummerSlam 2005, which yes, was the war for the custody of Dominic, WrestleMania 9, and the Raw from February 28, 2000, when Mae Young gave birth to a hand. So we'll get there later in the week, but for now, my name is Simon, and welcome to What Culture Wrestling. It is time to up those downs from the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. Ashley was backstage at the start of Raw and he was surrounded by a bunch of women. When he showed them the WWE title, they all went, oh man, I can't believe it, woohoo. And the reason I have recounted it to you like that is because I didn't know what else to say. Anywho, the champ then went to the ring flanked by all these ladies as he was introduced by MVP. And of course, Umvup had arranged all of this because he was so proud of his boy Bobby Lashley for retaining his gold. But when has Bobby Lashley ever been portrayed as this kind of a guy? This would be the equivalent of Brock Lesnar coming out to celebrate some kind of title win and him being surrounded by his family and his kids and saying, man, I did it for my wife and I did it for baby Brock. You'd be like, that's not what Brock Lesnar does. And before he explained it, I would have assumed, man, Lesnar going to eat that kid. MVP also told us that Bobby had whooped so much ass at WrestleMania Backlash that not only did Braun Strowman have broken ribs, but Drew McIntyre couldn't even get out of bed. I was like, that doesn't prove anything. Maybe he was just tired. And also, Bob had punched him so hard, he had injured his own hand. What a cool dude he is. Lashley doesn't want to take the night off, though, because he is a fighting champion. And of course, as soon as Drew McIntyre heard those words, he just flew out like somebody had gone, free ice cream, come out for free ice cream. MVP then let us know there is a massive caveat to this. 
And that's the fact that Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre are the only two people not allowed to accept, which is kind of fair. They fought him at the pay-per-view, and as the record books will show, they lost. Bob still tried to attack McIntyre, but Drew was able to throw him out the ring. And honestly, all these ladies at this point were screaming as if they thought Drew McIntyre was trying to kill Bobby Lashley. I wanted to sit them down and go, look, he's not trying to murder him, it's just professional wrestling. The two yelled at each other, and look, I'm sure all of this is going to end with a massive war in the hell of a cell, but when we are done, we need to go off in a different direction. However, also, this open challenge did lead to quite the surprise on Monday Night Raw, so I was intrigued, and that's why it's getting it up. Following on from that point, though, our first match was Elias versus AJ Styles with Jackson Riker, he of Star Trek fame, and Omos in their respective corners. But I couldn't help but ask myself, why would Elias and Jackson Riker even be in the ring with one half of the tag team champions? Because usually in WWE, that leads to a tag team title match when they haven't won since prehistoric England or prehistoric Earth, some point in the prehistoric era was had a stupid finish down. I'm not even going to waste your time because, yes, it ended in a disqualification. Jackson Riker just pulled AJ Styles off the apron as he was going for the novel forearm, and the referee went, well, I didn't like that, so it was a DQ. It does mean we have to bring down the disqualification board, which rolls up to 29... I don't know about you, but I think that's a lot. We then just had the most glorious nonsense with Matt Riddle and The New Day. Because he had told Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods that they should meet up backstage because he was going to show them some form of a snake. But as it turned out, it wasn't a snake. It was Randy Orton. He had only arrived too because Riddle had told him they had an important meeting with Adam Pearce. And as it turned out, Riddle was still so upset with what Orton had done to The New Day seven days ago... He wanted Randy to apologize. I thought, Riddle, are you kidding me? You got more chance of getting through a Raw and SmackDown without some kind of DQ or distraction. You can just imagine Randy Orton's face, and because he was in the same vicinity as Kofi Kingston, old feuds die hard, and they still hate each other so much, even though they first locked up around about 2009, they decided we should have a match later. So that got set up. From there, we went into what I think is the most pointless Alexis Playground segment we have seen so far. And as always, if this is floating your boat, good for you. But this, honestly, nothing happened. I mean, to start with, it's now become a talk show because everything in WWE has to be a talk show. And her guests this week were Natalia and Tamina, the brand new women's tag team champion. Now, firstly, Bliss didn't ask Tamina if there's anybody meaner. So that's just poor interviewing technique straight away. But then they were talking about their favorite colors and Tamina said, oh, I'm going to beat you up if you do anything. Also, Tamina looked absolutely terrified. And when Alexa Bliss started going on about, oh, Lily likes flies and flies goes around and she smashes them, Natalia and Tamina, they just walked off. Bliss then let us know that she will be watching and I have absolutely no clue what the point of this was. We progressed nothing down. Angel Garza, however, then defeated Drew Gulak. Good. Up. I do feel for Drew as he never stood a chance here, but if this is us trying to do something with Gaza, then this is the way to do it. They went around about two minutes, Angel Gaza hit the wing clipper to win, and yes, as he said last week, he took a rose and he stuck it down his throat. I'm still a little bit confused by this, because if we are trying to escalate storylines, I would much rather have a rose stuck into my face than up my ass, but hey-ho, that's just the way it goes. And just to make it very clear, I don't want a rose stuck anywhere, but I can only react to what I see. R-Truth was then scared backstage because he thought the 24-7 title was up for the open challenge before he was told, no, that's Bobby Lashley. So then all of a sudden, R-Truth was calm again. But I would have gone, R-Truth, where the hell have you been for the last few weeks? We haven't seen you at all. This piece didn't last very long, though, because his hour snuck in and he rolled R-Truth up to win the 24-7 title. And if you can believe it, these kind of shenanigans have been going on 
for about a year. It was then time for Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton as Raw started to take a very interesting turn. Now this was great straight away because Riddle came out on his scooter as Randy Orton was doing his very super serious entrance, so that made me laugh. And when we're in the ring, you know the deal between Kofi and Randy, they always have a good match. And for a long while, Kingston was in control before Orton poked him in the eye because Randy Orton is a dick. Even then though, they started playing, well, you hit me, so I'll hit you. So after Randy Orton had launched Kofi Kingston to turnbuckle, he came out and gave Randy Orton a drop kick, and then Randy Orton was giving him that quick body slam that he does. These guys were going back and forth. Realizing that his boy may be in trouble though, Xavier Woods got his trombone and went blah, 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 which of course distracted Randy Orton because no wrestler can handle that. And because Kofi Kingston is also a professional wrestler, he saw Randy Orton's ass. He was like, oh my gosh, this is the perfect opportunity for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. So he did surprise roll him up and he got the one, two, three. And I was actually amazed by that because I didn't see it coming. And we had some fallout because Randy Orton was so pissed off about this, it even looked like he was about to RKO Riddle, but instead he left, and when Xavier Woods grabbed Riddle's arm, Riddle pushed him to the floor. It's almost like the Viper is getting in his head. I liked all of this though, and do not get me wrong, the surprise roll-up is just being run into the ground, and we're absolutely going to talk about this later, but the whole idea of Randy Orton now corrupting Riddle, who's such like, oh, bro, I'm so happy all the time, you can actually do something with this, especially if down the line, they become the tag team champs. I mean, the old Matthew would never have done that. He wouldn't have even thought about it, and that's why it's getting it up. However, yes, distraction, bring it down, it rolls up to 57. Just a pile of nonsense followed this too, because Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, Lana, and Naomi were in the back talking to Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce, and actually trying to convince them that they deserved another shot, close my eyes, pretend it didn't happen, at the Women's Tag Team Championships. I mean, how? You would have been better off going in there with a gun and going, give me an opportunity, and that would have made more sense. We have just seen these guys go round and round and round and round. Can we just come up with a new team, please, and insert them into this? It's getting a little bit boring. Charlotte then barges in, and she's mad too, because she feels like she should now get a shot at Rhea Ripley, even though she lost at the pay-per-view. And this is becoming a WWE trope as well. You get put in a triple threat, but you're not the person that technically loses, so then you think you deserve a title shot, that just hurts your brain as well. Although Sonya Deville actually agreed with us and said, look, why don't you take on Oscar later and then one of you can take Rhea Ripley. And I know there's a problem there as well because Oscar did lose. But what do you want from me? I'm just a messenger. Rhea Ripley did agree with all of this because she then popped her head in and said, oh, by the way, I would like a new challenger at some point. And maybe you will get that Rhea in around about 2498. It was then time for a women's tag match, but oddly, and maybe I missed the preview for this, it was Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler taking on Tamina. Oh, what's that? There's nobody, Mina and Natalia in a rematch for the tag team titles. And it only went three minutes, and thankfully, Natty and Tamina are still your tag team champions. So I'm going to give it an up. <laughs> it's what I would be saying if it wasn't for the finish down. Why? Well, after a short while, Alexa Bliss appeared at the top of the rampway and she used her voodoo magic powers to have fire come out of the ring posts and burn Reginald. And I'm sure she's about to get a cease and desist from Kane. It was so distracting though, Shayna Baszler released the Kirifuda clutch, which was so dumb because you could assume she was about to win the match, allowing Tamina to tag in Natalia, who hit the heart attack. They won, still your champs. Naya made sure that Reginald wasn't dead as Alexa Bliss and Lily laughed. 
I don't mean to be this direct, but this is just bad. Where is the magic coming from? And why isn't the referee stopping this? We weren't even allowed to pull someone down from the apron 25 minutes ago. Now we can cast fire, and apparently that's okay. Still, we do have to bring back the board, which is going to go up more, by the way, but it rolls up to 50 flipping eight. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. It was a night of repeats too, or just raw for the last few weeks, because next up was Sheamus versus Ricochet, even though Sheamus had taken on Ricochet at WrestleMania Backlash. Thing is, they did have a story, and these two had really good matches. I'm giving it an up. Sheamus was obviously really pissed off because Rick had stolen his hat and coat, and when we cut to the back, as it turned out, Ricochet had done it again, and now he put it on, and he started to do an impersonation of Sheamus. Now, this may have well have been the worst impersonation of Seamus I've ever heard, but that made it 10 times as good. Like an alien could have landed on planet Earth who didn't speak English and someone had gone, hey, do an impression of Seamus, and whatever came out of the alien's mouth would have been better than this. They smacked each other around like they had done on Sunday, and I don't know what Seamus has been drinking, but he is just up for taking every single move now. He got hit by a Spanish fly here, and his landing did not look very pleasant at all. There was an awesome near fall after a 450 splash as well, and being the idiot I am, I was like, oh my gosh, Ricochet is actually going to beat Seamus. But instead, he got absolutely kneed right in the head, and then he got bro kicked, and my word did he get bro kicked, and Seamus beat him, but I had a really fun time watching it. It also meant he was able to get his hat and coat back and ensure that in the future he's going to be part of a list like 10 stories that only lasted 24 hours. And he even got on the microphone and said, hey, Bobby, maybe I'm going to come after you afterwards. 
I really like Seamus. He is vastly underrated. T-Bar and Mace were then back on Raw, and seemingly they have no problem with Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre, even though I thought that was their whole storyline. I don't know. The other problem, too, was that they spoke in nonsense. And after listening to this promo three or four times, I realized the only way to have it make sense is if we all sit down and I read it to you as if it was poetry. Hello, my name is Simon Miller, and welcome to Simon's Poetry Corner, this week featuring Mason T-Bar from Monday Night Raw, 17th of May, 2021. From the second he came to Raw, Bobby's title reign has had an expiration date. But don't mistake the pain we brought as a gift. It was alone. Tonight, Lashley pays his debt. Now is the time to strike. Everything that lives is designed to end. The question is, which one ends the legacy of Lashley? It's as simple as the flip of a coin. Flip the coin. What a terrible night to be Bobby Lashley. Tonight's Lashley WWE Championship will be all gone. That's exactly what they said. And also when it came for the coin flip, nobody called heads and tails and nobody told us who had won. So I'm going to assume they just forgot to do it and then went, oh, well, we'll go and do something else. It was then Charlotte Flair versus Oscar. And despite the fact we don't get any new talent injected into the women's division, I think they're terrific. I think they have great chemistry. I'm giving it up. Of course, Ripley walked out after a little while because it is Monday Night Raw and we can't help ourselves. Although even that little thing is becoming annoying. And yeah, sure, some of the moves between Charlotte and Oscar didn't click. But when it did get going... I just find myself having an entertaining evening. The problem, of course, came in the fact that Rhea was on the outside. So when Charlotte and Oscar got out there, Charlotte couldn't help but walk up to her and just stare right in the face. But you never do that, especially not on this program, because it counts as a distraction. Because soon as Flair got back in the ring, Oscar was all over her. The commentators were like, oh no, Charlotte can't handle the fact that Rhea Ripley looked her in the face. So she used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment to get the one, two, three. And I think I took my hand and I just whammed it right into my face. So bring back the distraction counter, that's up to 59. But this was also the exact same ending to Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. And when I say the same ending, I mean literally Distraction, surprise roll-up. You can't do that. That is so lazy. And by the way, we're not done, so it's got to get it down. And look, I like the fact that Oscar won, but she is an accomplished wrestler. She could hit Charlotte Flair with one of her big moves, and no one's going to go, well, that was a pile of nonsense. You just accept it because, again, it's Oscar, who also, by the way, is going to be an empress at some point tomorrow. John Morrison was then just stood there backstage doing an interview as a human. And no one has ever said that sentence in the history of mankind. But why the flub wasn't this guy a zombie? I saw him get eaten by zombies. So either these weren't real zombies or I wasn't meant to think they weren't real zombies. The whole point is, it doesn't make any sense. John Morrison should be a flipping zombie. He did dedicate the whole evening to the memory of The Miz though. So either The Miz is a zombie or The Miz is dead. All of this has just become very, very weird. In short, though, I had no idea what was going on, which was also true when we cut to our next match. And I was so surprised my jaw actually hit the floor in shock because we were doing John Morrison versus Damien Priest. 
and it was a lumberjack match. I mean, do people right in Raw just forget what has happened in the past? Why is Damian Priest not allowed to move on from these two? And also, why was it another lumberjack match? And fair enough, this time the lumberjacks were humans. But I could not compute this and it's getting it down. The Lumberjacks were also a bunch of people that you haven't seen on Raw in ages, although we did focus on Nikki Cross for some reason, so that was also strange. And of course, eventually they started fighting, so Damian Priest suplexed John Morrison into all of them, and then back in the ring, he hit the hit the lights. One, two, three. Afterwards, thankfully, he got on the microphone and said, hopefully I can go do something else now, and I need that probably more than oxygen. I would sacrifice my oxygen just to give Damian Priest a damn new feud. Who's Damien Proust? See, look, I am losing my mind. He also finished off by saying maybe it shall be he that accepts Bobby Lashley's challenge. And he shouldn't have done that. It doesn't work when a good guy says it because he didn't accept. So now I just think he's a bit of a chump. New Eva Marie video next. And she said, I think that she wants to be the next or the new Angelina Jolie. And this was a little bit like that Simpsons episode when Homer just blurts out, I'm going to clown college. I don't think anybody expected her to say that. Sean Benjamin was then being interviewed too, which begs the question why he was one of these lumberjacks, because he was. But Cedric Alexander then turned up and they had a bit of a tete-for-tete, a bit of a back and forth. So this gives me just a teeny bit of hope that maybe we will do a proper feud between these two. I mean, obviously we won't because it is WWE and they'll forget it in two weeks. But I like being hopeful. It feels nice. I'm keeping everything crossed. But look, anyway, forget about that. Sit down, settle your ass in, because it is time to talk about that open challenge. Lashley and MVP were in the ring and they told whoever had accepted this to ensure they came to the ring right now. And it was none other than Kofi Kingston. Now this does beg the question, how the hell does an open challenge work? Because throughout the whole evening, everybody would go, well, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to accept it. But they didn't. So were they just like stuck on the toilet? Like they were in the bathroom and all of a sudden you hear Bobby Lashley's music. Like, oh no, oh no. And you're quickly trying to do your business because you want to get out there. But then you realize you're too late. I took this too far. Anyway, Kofi arriving seemed to worry the champion and MVP. So all of a sudden they were like, oh, wait a minute. If you go back and listen to what we said at the start of Raw, we never said it was for the WWE title. So now you're just going to have to face Bob in a non-title match. And that did annoy some people. They're like, oh man, what a bait and switch. There are a couple of villains, damn it. They're going to do shit like this all the time. Lashley also owned Kofi with a spine buster as soon as you did hear the bell, which was meant to make you go, oh my gosh, they're going to Brock Lesnar him again. But they didn't. And all of a sudden, Kofi Kingston, he of New Day fame, started to fight back. I mean, he hit a dive on the outside of the ring, which knocked off some of Bobby Lashley's HP. And he hit a DDT back in the squared circle for a near two. This was not a squash. Woods tried to cause the distraction again with his trombone when he went brr, 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 but thankfully that time this didn't work because I wouldn't have been able to handle it but when they did then brawl back out to the mat Xavier Woods just pulled Kofi Kingston off Bobby Lashley's shoulders and while the referee did try to send him to the back how was that not a disqualification because again at the start of the night look what happened with AJ Styles and Commander Riker Xavier decided he wasn't going to go back though so he got in the referee's face which allowed MVP to get his cane and just as he was about to twonk Kofi right in the head Drew McIntyre teleported down to ringside he took the cane he hit Bobby Lashley in the stomach which allowed Kofi Kingston look at my eyes to hit the most devastating move in all of sports ended to the surprise roll-up. And he got the pinfall over the WWE champion who hasn't been pinned in more than a year. I think it's a long ass time. Now, before we get any further, bring back the distraction counter, which goes up to 60. And we had so many on this episode of Monday Night Raw. We've got to give it a down. 
It worked perfectly in the main event, but if you know you are going to do it in the main event, why would you just litter them throughout the show? Because by here you're like, well, I've already seen this, especially because there was a distraction before the stupid roll-up. So it just really bugs me because I am a massive loser. But did I pop like an idiot when Kofi Kingston win? I absolutely did. And I actually think you've set up some cool things here. Obviously, I believe it will build to Hell in a Cell where Bobby Lashley will now be like, damn it, Drew, I'm going to beat you up in the Hell in a Cell. But also, if we have to now surely get a world title match on television between Kofi and Bob, and while I don't believe Kofi will win that, I'm up for that. I'd enjoy having that on my free television program. And for that reason alone, and because Raw went off air, and I was like, oh, I can't believe it, it's getting it up. During the New Day post to end the show, which is always nice because it's good guys standing tall. And so many people are like, why did we give this role to Kofi Kingston? But Kofi is the perfect guy. He's not going to go anywhere with this. It's only going to be a short-term thing. So if you did take someone like Damian Priest and then it was over in like 72 hours, well, that would suck. He needs something more. Kofi Kingston legend for life. So it left me happy, it left me interested, it left me wanting to watch next week, and kinda for this reason alone, I am giving Raw an up. And if you're a long-time watcher of Ups and Downs, that hasn't happened in a while, but do not get me wrong, there's still a lot of stuff on this show which just needs to end because we've already seen it. I think my granddad saw it. That's how long it's flipping been going on. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't, right? Hold it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.